Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on over Come on over Good evening everyone, it is 11pm and Pure Gold is reunited once again for this Wednesday night, July 23rd, 2014 JB and DG are back in the house together, I think. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything it tells it like it is. <laughs> I knew that was coming. My name is Joe Pacino, and my co-host that finally joins us uh, six weeks later is David Gomez. Sir, welcome back to the program that never <laughs> sleeps. <laughs> That's the stupidest introduction of all time. <laughs> As always, folks, for those of you listening out there, the two of you, uh, give us a call if you'd like to be a part of the show, 714 Four seven two one, and of course, check out our website, puregoldpg.com. And Joe, don't worry, that episode last week where you betrayed me and you did the show by yourself will be deleted eventually. But once you forget about it, that episode will be gone. So uh, we'll, we'll keep with the fact that I've appeared on every single show in the history of this program. So uh, back to you, sir. Oh, thanks. So uh, tonight we'll be talking about everything that I talked about last week without you. So. Um but we'll include some new stuff from the WWE. We'll talk about the home run derby that happened last week. Talk some Mets, some Yankees. Talk some LeBron James. Get your take on that because, again, you were dozed off last week. Um, get your take on what's going on, some current events in the world. Uh, talk about the ESPYs and um, what a joke of a award show that is, and uh, in particular the Michael Sam um, category. Uh, we'll talk some Giants and Jets briefly because we have a lot to get to because we haven't been doing a show for, like I said, maybe five weeks now, six weeks. I don't remember the last time we did a show. I think it was right before your birthday. So if you want to get it out there right now, sir, just get it out. Get all your frustration, your anger, your your pent-up whatever you have about me doing a show last night or last week and you falling asleep. So, you know, let's get that out there right now. Well, you already know that. I don't even understand the point of, rehashing that on the air because we've already talked about it off the air. Uh you are pretty much dead to me, so that's you know, that's where we're at, folks. That is quo. So let's get right into it with the rundown. And then anything that you want to talk about we can and will. Um so let's go right into wrestling because it seems like that's the hot topic for me anyway. Um we had a pay per view or two pay per views <laughs> since we last talked. We had Money in the Bank, John Cena you know, did the they did the safe route of taking and giving the title to John Cena. He's now the World Heavyweight Champion. Defends it on uh, the first pay-per-view, which was last Sunday at Battleground. Ho-hum in a four-way dance. 
beats basically Kane or and then Roman Reigns and pins, I believe, Kane to end the match. And now, first, your thoughts on the Battleground pay-per-view. You think it was worth? Um, if you're if you're not a subscriber of the WWE Network, you think that was a pay-per-view that people should have bought for fifty-four dollars? Oh, of course not. I mean, I don't think I can't think of a pay-per-view honestly that has gone on in the past like, year or two that anybody should have spent any money on, which is why, again, the WWE Network is a, a good bargain in that perspective. The fact you pay 10 bucks a month and you're not paying $54 a month, which, of course, would be a joke. Um, I mean, the, the matches that I saw were pretty good. I wasn't able to see the main event, not that I missed anything. You know, I saw, of course, that little uh, little issue with uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I saw the match between Rusev and uh, Swagger, which I actually thought was a pretty good match, and I think Swagger should have gone over, but... I'm glad that they protected him enough to at least not have him get pinned, um, you know, which, is, of course, is good to see because Swagger is not someone that they've really pushed in a long time. And, you know, the crowd was really behind him. Of course, the USA versus the world thing always helps. Uh, the match between Paige and AJ Lee was okay. Yeah, there was a lot of pay-per-views, uh, a lot of pay-per-view matches there. Of course, the, the, the uh, Battle Royal where the Miz ended up winning the Intercontinental title. You know, a lot of stuff there, but I'm sure you'll agree that there's no way. I wouldn't have paid five bucks for this pay per view if you know if you decided to get together and, and watch it. Definitely not fifty four dollars. I agree with you. Um, the main event was too predictable. Uh, you had a feeling that scene was going to be somehow involved, be involved in a pin over Kane because you didn't want obviously Roman Reigns to get pinned, and I guess they want to protect Randy Orton. So you have the safe route with that. The the Battle Royal, to be honest with you, we both had picked Cesaro to win it, and I thought now is the time to actually give him a title and run with it, but I don't know why they went the whole Miz route, and he did it one of those like cheapy ways of winning when you're basically out of the ring for half the match, and then you know you think Ziggler's going to actually win the, the Battle Royal, and then you, oh yeah, I forgot that the Miz is still in this, in this batch, and then he wins the title. So um, I thought that was pretty lame, if you ask me, the Battle Royal. Yeah, definitely. I hate the fact that the Miz won the way that he did. I guess they're trying to push the whole Hollywood thing, and I know that we talked about off the air the fact that the Miz is by far the worst person to ever, or maybe not by far, but one of the worst talents to ever hold the WWE Championship, and the fact that he headlined and won a WrestleMania still baffles me to no end. Um, You know, him and Digger can have a nice feud. It doesn't make any sense to me. It honestly... Doesn't make any sense that they what they're doing with Cesaro. I mean, hell, they haven't done anything with this guy. This guy's so talented. The whole thing with Paul Heyman didn't pan out. Obviously, we'll get to this later. But Paul is back with his old client. Um, but what he's done, I don't know, sir. It just doesn't make any sense. The fact that they've done absolutely nothing with Cesaro, a guy again who's so talented. How are you going to sit there? Or, and not have this guy win? How are you going to sit there and not have him do anything? I mean, he hasn't done anything in most, uh, pretty much since Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What what in the world has he done? Absolutely nothing. And, and it, just, it baffles me. It baffles me, too. I guess what, what really uh, was a telltale sign of Cesaro not going anywhere fast is the fact that uh, about three weeks ago, I think, he lost to Coffee Kingston. We didn't get to actually see the pinfall live on TV. It was one of those things that, I, which really irks me, too. Still irks me that 
they start a match and then they go to a commercial and they come back and the match is still going on. I just, uh, but this time they did one of those where they came back from commercial and Coffee Kingston had pinned Cesaro for whatever reason and and that might have spelt the uh, the downfall of Cesaro for now. I don't know if they're just like keeping him low or on simmer until maybe the Royal Rumble where he wins that. But he already went about he already won a battle royal at WrestleMania. So I, I don't even know if he's going to actually be a winner. I know you, you told me lock it up way back when that Cesaro's going to win the Royal Rumble, but I'm not too sure that yeah, he is going to win the Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely that's happening. I think they're going to go the Roman Reigns route. Probably. Like I said, Reigns is the end guy. I think he could wait. Um, what are they going to do with Cesaro? That's my question. This guy, again, ton of talent. Uh, not the greatest talker, obviously, but, I mean, somebody who could sit there and really make a name. Um in the WWE, and I don't think he's going anywhere, unfortunately. No, I mean, yeah. It's a shame, sir. It really is. I mean, I'm trying he's 33 years old. I'm looking that up now, so he's my age. But in wrestling, you know, terminology, he's not a young guy, per se. And when I look over at Roman Reigns, uh, he's 29. So Roman's got, a, you know, he's got four years younger, less wear and tear in his body. Of course, he didn't do the whole hot mess that, um, and he didn't get into the whole mess with, uh, you know, the independence for so many years, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't see why they didn't do more with him when he was a Paul Heyman client. You know, it, it's he, he didn't do anything, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is where this is where the WWE always drops the ball, though. They 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 push a guy to a certain level. He wins the Battle Royal, which I didn't think he was going to win the Battle Royal at WrestleMania. He wins it, and now yeah, you have him believable. And then, um, I don't know if it's a good comparison or not, so I'm going to pose it to you, and then you can rip me to no end. But, like, is Cesaro following the same path as Ryback? I don't think he's following the same path as Ryback just because he's so much more talented and he'll he'll get a better spot on the card. Uh, Cesaro is not the one-trick pony that Ryback was. <clears throat> but I tell you, you know, the WWE, and I know that we've talked about this, and I know that we've you know had a discussion over this extensively over the years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that when you look at these guys, the WWE doesn't produce talent. They don't make guys. You know, obviously you're looking at uh, someone, for example. You know, you're looking at someone. When you look at the grand scope of the WWE, when you look at what they've done, you guys are or seen as Daniel Bryan. I don't consider Daniel Bryan or CM Punk guys that were really made by the WWE machine. They were just so good that, you know, WWE had no real choice but to, to kind of give them a push. So they made their own bet, as it were. But at the end of the day, who have they made? What talent have they made? None. No, they haven't made any stars. They haven't made anybody great. Nobody, you're sitting there, man, this guy's going to be there for the next 10 years. I don't even think Reigns is going to be around that long because it's WWE. I mean, wh- which talent have they really produced? None. Or an Encino are probably the last two big superstars that they've produced. Let's be honest about that, sir. Yeah, you're right. And when I look at, um, and we talk about gimmicks all the time and how gimmicks just don't work anymore in this day and age, the one thing I will say is, like, the Rusev gimmick, once he loses a couple of times, then he'll be going into, like, you know, mediocrity as as most of them do with these gimmicks. The one gimmick that I do actually like, I like Banders Barrett. Obviously, he's injured right now. But I, I'm all actually right. digging I'm actually digging the whole Bull Leave um, gimmick right now. Really? I mean, you know, both down. <laughs> Out of Erwin uh, Shyster has has some talent. I think he's funny. If nothing else, he's, he's funny. You know his whole running around. But I, I guess I guess I look at him and I think that 
his voice and it's kind of girlish for lack of a better term. I don't know if I could see this guy really being a big star in the WWE. And at the end of the day, when you look at guys like Seth Rollins, you look at guys like Dean Ambrose, you know, I think these guys are immensely talented, but are they ever going to be anything more than WWE mid-carders? This feud, sir, think about this for a second. This feud is kind of sort of for the Money in the Bank uh, title shot between Rollins and Ambrose, but I could see this feud being for the World Heavyweight title. You know, I could see this being for the for the WWE title. Um I mean, couldn't you, if, 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 let's say, Rollins had the belt, couldn't you see this same exact feud between the two of them and the talents they have going on for the title? This reminds me of the old school, you know, 97 Attitude Era, you know, Brian Pillman, home invasion, you know, belts being thrown in the river type of thing. What do you think, sir? No, I agree with you, but I also want the WWE never, th- I, I want them to go out of their comfort zone once in a while. Like, I really wanted Roman Reigns to actually carry the strap into SummerSlam, and I thought it would have been a great setup for for Brock Lesnar to show up and face face Roman Reigns. I mean, it, it's not a WrestleMania-type main event, so why not have that type of main event at the second, second biggest pay-per-view during the summer, the biggest pay-per-view of the summer, have a Roman Reigns taking on Brock Lesnar? I think that would sell. I, I don't like the safe route every time. John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, we've seen it. We've seen it last year or the year before, whatever. And uh, it was a good match, yes, but why do we have to see it again? Well, it was going to happen eventually. I think the problem is it seems like they're building up uh, Lesnar reigns for WrestleMania 30, uh, 31, is it? I don't even know what the hell Yeah, 31. I, I do think that at SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar is going to win the title. I think that's pretty much guaranteed, but I think they're going to put the title on Brock until... WrestleMania, and then you're going to have Roman Reigns take it off of him at WrestleMania. But at the end of the day, when you look at that that type of feud, I mean, I look at I look at uh, Reigns. I don't see any charisma at all. The fans like him. You know, he's. He, I'm not saying he has no talent in the ring. You know, nothing to that effect. I'm not. I'm not trying to rip the guy to that extreme. But I mean, do you see charisma there? I sure as hell don't. I don't see him as a guy that you know WWE can really back for years to come and is going to get the crowd. I mean, the crowd's on his on his side right now, but I just went, you put him in a main event feud, cutting promos, I think he would sw- think, you know. Well, and, yeah, his mic and skills are not that great. Have, I mean, Yeah, of course not, but they're going to have a two of them feud, and then he's going to win the title, and, you know, he's going to be the guy who beat the guy who, who beat the guy who beat the other guy behind this one and 21 and one. I mean, Paul Hammond's going to cut that promo for the next, you know, six years, but when you look at those two guys feuding, that's not a feud that I want to see. I think Brock Lesnar versus John Cena is more of a marquee. We want Cena to be beaten. You and I, of course, are going to love seeing him get completely destroyed and demolished and F5 through, you know, 20 announce tables. And hopefully his career will be ended <laughs> on SummerSlam. But I, I, I kind of get the safe route. I understand it. But you're going to tell me that Reigns and Lesnar would sell a pay-per-view? I don't see it, sir. I really don't. And I don't know what they're thinking if this is going to be the WrestleMania 31 main event. Which is why I I agree with you, which is why I would think that you would have it for, for a SummerSlam main event. I don't think that these guys are going to sell a WrestleMania. I mean, I, I don't know what the big sell is going to be when these guys face that. If the, that's the, the goal is to have these guys face at WrestleMania. I mean, this is what we're talking about, like another eight months away from this. I mean, at this point... 
the the rumors are flying around already that John Cena, you know, I told you that John Cena went to go do a movie, so he wasn't even on Raw the night after he defending his title at Battleground to to actually you know go face to face with Brock Lesnar. So now the question becomes: if Brock Lesnar takes the title at SummerSlam, he's a part time he's a part time wrestler. So I know The Rock made it work um, when he was a champion way back uh, a couple years ago or last year. So can can Brock Lesnar can WWE actually sell the network and sell tickets? Um, with a part-time world heavyweight champion, I guess when you have see, the thing about the thing about Brock Lesnar is that he brings in a different demographic than The Rock does. I mean, obviously a lot of people like The Rock; he's super popular, and he's more popular than Lesnar in that sense. But Lesnar's going to bring in the casual fan. Lesnar's going to bring in uh, the Attitude Era fan, which is more Rock's real base. But he's also going to bring in fight fans. He's going to bring in the UFC fans. He's going to bring in the guys who you know, watch legitimate fighting, the Bellator, MMA guys, they're going to look, oh, you know, Brock's going to be on the pay-per-view. I think that if he's on every pay-per-view, um, I don't even know how they're going to do it, but I would kind of think you have to have the WWE champion on every single pay-per-view until WrestleMania. I think if they do that, it'll work. Um, but with The Rock and Cena, they were just trying to sell WrestleMania. You know, well, I guess they were trying to sell the Rumble where he beat Punk and, then you know, those three pay-per-views. Rock is going to do that, but but, but Lesnar is going to be selling every pay per view between now and, and WrestleMania. So I think they'll they'll make it work. They figured out a way to make it work, and um, I mean it should be interesting if nothing else to hear Paul Heyman's promos. But at the end of the day, uh, which is a phrase I like to use a lot, I think that the WWE having the title on Lesnar is infinitely more interesting than anybody else they have on the roster. And and I get what you're saying about, um, you know, the Roman Reigns and, you know, all these other guys. But the problem is that WWE doesn't know how to make talent. They don't know how to push these guys. And I really think they've done a bad job of, of developing talent. So here we are. We're kind of in a mess where if they put the title on Roman Reigns, I'd be like, man, he's not ready for it. If they put the title on Seth Rollins, I'd say he's not ready for it. If they put the title on anybody, he's not ready for it, you know? That, that's the issue. But isn't, and and they're, they're not doing a good job. They have to somehow make superstars. What are they going to do? They keep going back to the well. They're bringing back Brock Lesnar, a guy who, you know, was a big star 12 years ago. You know, The Rock was a big star, same thing, 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Undertaker, all these guys that they do, even Triple H when he comes out, like, they're they're not relying on any current stars other than Lesnar, uh, excuse me, other than Cena and Orton, who've been around for 10 years. I mean, nobody is a big star that they've made in the last decade, sir. Yeah. But isn't right now, I mean, the the guy that has the money in the back contract, isn't he the wild card? I mean, is it, is it possible that what people are talking about now online or on the Internet, which I've seen, is it possible that, that Brock Lesnar wins the, the, the title at SummerSlam and then just turns around and then, you know, Seth Rollins comes down with the contract, uh, with the, the briefcase, and inside the briefcase is not only the contract but, like, a ton of money, and he gives it to Brock Lesnar, and then Seth Rollins is your new World Heavyweight Champion after SummerSlam. Is that a possibility? <laughs> I, th- I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, but, I mean, I would sign up for it tomorrow, honestly. If that's what they were going to do, it, I would love that. I really would think that would be a great way to kind of, um, you know, Swerve us, as it were. It'd be great if he comes up the night after uh, SummerSlam and does <laughs> and does that. Except for the fact that you know, is is Lesnar is all about the money. Like you said, if they can give him enough money, quote unquote, then he could just lay down and hand over the title. I think that'd be great, sir. 
And the only reason the only reason why I bring it up is because think about it. Brock is a heel. He'll be a heel champion, and you have a Money in the Bank winner that's also considered a heel because he's under Triple H. Is Plan C about like just basically you know paying Brock off to to do the job to Cena, and then the night after, like it could be the night after too. It doesn't have to be at SummerSlam. It could be the night after SummerSlam where Brock then just gives the titles up because he is a part-time wrestler. He doesn't need the titles. He wins them and then just gives them up for some cash. The only reason why I bring that up again is because. I don't know where Seth Rollins fits into this. If if uh, the the intention is for Brock to keep the title through WrestleMania, uh, when's Seth going to actually cash in? It'd be great if Roman Reigns. I would sign up for this if Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar and then Seth cashes in at WrestleMania. Now, uh, right after the he gets destroyed pretty much by Brock. Basically, I would I would book it where Brock goes. You know, he he really brutalizes Reigns. The Reigns wins. And then Rock is so pissed that he F5s him like 12 times in a row <laughs> in the middle of the ring, essentially killing him. And then Seth Rollins comes in and covers him and wins. Honestly, that's to me, that's how I booked this. Because now that you mention it, there's it doesn't make any sense for Seth Rollins to cash in that title shot against Lesnar. First of all, not only would nobody want to see it, but he'd have to go face to cash it in to fight against Lesnar. And like I said, I think that if they if they do, I mean, you tell me how great with, with the booking that I just threw out there. How great would that be? Yeah, I mean, except what, when we come come up with the greatest scenarios, it just seems like the WWE goes the safe route or the dumb route, uh, which it just frustrates us to no end. Right. I, I mean, what do you think is really going to happen though, now that uh, Rollins has the shot and Lesnar uh, is obviously going to win at SummerSlam? It makes sense for them to go the route like I was saying, like where. Brock wins the titles, he's the champion, but he doesn't need to be the champion because, again, he's a part-time wrestler, he's won the belt before, he's proven himself, he beat The Undertaker, he's beaten the streak. Now that he has the titles, uh, it would be, make sense in storyline-wise that he cashes in, literally, the, the WWE World Heavyweight title to Seth Rollins the night after. or the day. I don't think it would happen at SummerSlam now that I think about it. I think it would happen the night after to, set, to reset some storylines. So, uh, other than that, I don't, I don't see when Seth Rollins would actually cash in the title because... And, and again, that throws a monkey wrench in the whole Seth Rollins versus, um, no, the whole Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So uh, I guess that there's a variable there that we'll have to, you know, is still undetermined. Right. I, I agree, sir. So the other thing I want to talk about Battleground, which we didn't really discuss at all. Like, we didn't like the Battle Royal. The, the main event was ho-hum, you know, John Cena wins. But the one match that really... Um, went unnoticed as much as I I really enjoyed it was the first match was a two out of three falls with the Usos against the Y family. That that was a pretty hot match, sir. I liked uh, the way these two ta- tag teams worked together, and I thought the match was really good. I thought that might have been the match of the night, actually. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it, sir, um, so oh. I can't really comment on it. But, I mean, I saw the, oh, I forgot the Bray Wyatt and the, uh, my boy Chris Jericho. Uh, I know we, you and I were texting each other. We were talking about how there's no way, there's no way that uh, you know Jericho's going to win because Jericho never does win. And sure enough, he wins. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, shocking. But I guess they're going to do a best two out of three where Bray will win the next two. Yeah, I guess what doesn't make sense with another gimmick like Bray Wyatt, which uh, he's really over right now with the fans at least. I don't know if yeah, he's definitely. over with. Yeah, I don't know if he's over with Triple H and all that. But uh, again. If if he beats Chris Jericho at uh, Battleground, uh, feud pretty much over, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sir. Yeah, so I don't I don't know where they go with this. Like, 
I, I don't understand, like Bray Wyatt, right? What what's his goal um, in the WWE? Like, I know he wants. To, he's like the quote unquote next legend killer. Like he goes after these guys that are big names. But even if he lo- wins or loses, fans still love the, the guy. I, I, another gimmick that to me kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, I know you're not a fan of Bray Wyatt. I just think the guy cut such a sick promo. Um, but what I was thinking about was the fact that this this young man really went nuts and really like sold himself out for this gimmick with all the crazy tattoos. I mean, the longer in the beard he could always cut. But when I look at him, I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy looks like a total D-bag. You know, he really um, gave everything to this, this gimmick. And, I mean, I hope that it goes somewhere. I hope that the gimmick really, you know, takes off for him. I, I can't see him as champion, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I see him as a mid-level, you know, main event type heel, but I just don't see him as champion. So what do you do with him? I mean, that that's the real problem, sir. I'm going to have him face uh, Undertaker at Royal Rumble. How's that? Yeah, because Undertaker's going to – Undertaker's <laughs> probably never wrestling again. Let's, let's move past that, sir. Oh, how about the um, – yeah, have, so, wait, hold on. Before you, before you change the subject – uh, when you look at that feud, obviously you're going to have him win, you know, everything. You're going to have him beat Jericho the next two times. But, I mean, to Jer- Jericho comes back to feud with Bray Wyatt, and then he's going to leave again. I just don't understand what Chris Jericho's thinking sometimes, sir. You know what we do? We overanalyze things, and we forget that wrestling is not the same like it used to be. The, the storylines, the continuity is just not there from time to time. So wrestlers come and go whenever they please now. And these part-time wrestlers, like, they're there to put some people over, I guess, here and there. And I think you're right. Chris Jericho will probably lose the next two matches and then win that feud. I just, again, Bray Wyatt, I don't see him as a world heavyweight champion, so I I guess he just goes around just going after legends or people that think that they're great and fans love. And he makes, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt's job is just to to beat them, I guess. I, I mean, that's the only goal I see of this Wyatt family. They're the only faction that's really left. Evolution's gone. The Shield is gone. Um, I, you know, it's just weird to have one faction in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's weird necessarily because the factions have never, at least in the past like ten years, have not been much of a of a mainstay. But you know, I can I can kind of get what you're saying. I know you're a big factions guy, so that, that's why you're we're having this conversation right now. Well. Um, speaking of some just uh, random thoughts on wrestling before we, we switch the topic to some sports, um, the fact that Sting is now in the new wrestling game, 2K15, um, do you think we'll ever see him in the WWE ring actually, or is it just uh, yes, so you do? Uh, 100% I think this thing will show up because, uh, you know, they did this whole 2K15, et cetera, et cetera. I think 100% you're going to see Sting <coughs> appear in the WWE in person, in face paint, and everything else at some point. I just don't know how or when or why, but I, I truly believe it's going to happen. I mean, in uh, in September, he's got his DVD coming out, but I don't think that... Um, I don't know if, he, if there's going to be any interviews or if it's just going to be matches and stuff, and I, I hate those those collection DVDs, but I know they do it because then they can just do another one where they're interviewing him, but to me, you got to interview the star. You know, you've got to have the guy talking and stuff. You've got to have the interviews with him discussing his career, people discussing his career. You know, I love that type of stuff. So uh, I just don't think it's going to be a massive DVD. But, man, it actually ends at the the last Nitro. That's the last match that they have on the on the paper, wow. <laughs> on the DVD. So, you know, he, he hasn't been doing anything for the past 
13 years, apparently. <laughs> and do you think that, I mean, do you think that Sting and Bray Wyatt would be a good feud? Do you like that idea? Uh, where does it go? What's the point of the feud, you know? What's the point of any feud with Bray Wyatt, though? That's from my point. <laughs> I I think it's more because Bray cuts a great promo. You can put on some interesting passes and stuff like that. I mean, you know, Hayes got a pretty cool entrance, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's more him kind of goading people into fights like an old-school uh, heel. So I don't see him wrestling. I see... Sting's not going to come to the WWE to wrestle Bray Wyatt, that's for sure. I'm just trying to think who he, who he could possibly face because, you know, Sting's not that young. He's pretty old, actually. Yeah, he's not a, not a young guy. I mean, him and Undertaker can have a loser dies match <laughs> or, or a loser must die match. That would be great. Except the Taker is already dead, so we don't. Nobody's confirmed that, but uh, he's pretty much dead as is. <laughs> so. <laughs> So before we we get off the wrestling, just the one wrestling nugget that's not really wrestling related, but the fact that I want to get your take on because we talked about it off the air, but we want to share it with our millions and millions of fans that are listening right now, is the fact that, you know, last week or the week before was the Home Run Derby, and I just love the fact that Home Run Derby starts at 8.30 and doesn't end until like almost midnight, and I know there's a rain delay too, but the way they do it is just so boring and I cannot stand Home Run Derby anymore. I used to be into it a lot, but I guess maybe because the big names are not in it either. But I, I watched the very end because Raw went off the air about 11.10, and they were finally at the finals with this uh, Cespedes against, I don't know, some guy from the, the I think the Cincinnati Reds, uh, some guy that just, I don't even know how he got to the finals. But the fact that I watched the finals and I watched Cespedes become a two-time, he repeated as a Home Run Derby champion, is not the point. The point is the fact that when they came back from a commercial to give the guy the trophy, the Home Run Derby trophy, he, in fact, is holding a WWE World Heavyweight title in his hands and proceeds not to even accept the actual trophy for the Home Run Derby. He wants to hold the belt up and make sure that everyone sees him as a champion. So uh, I know we've seen many of guys recently over the last couple of years want a World Heavyweight title instead of the actual trophy. We've seen it in football especially. But, and we see in basketball with LeBron James ordering his home team a belt. But, sir, I mean, I, I sent you the picture. How great was it to, to see a guy, a, a baseball guy, with a belt, uh, around, not as around his waist, but basically holding that up as a sign of being the two-time champion as opposed to the actual trophy? I think it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. You mentioned the LeBron James thing. Um, I think that I think it's great that these guys are so into wrestling, and it just further legitimizes the fact that you know these superstars like wrestling. So people need to shut up about all oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. <coughs> hey, you know what? LeBron James likes wrestling. You know what? Dwayne Wade likes wrestling. You know what? Every freaking athlete who's anybody likes Quay Matthews. I mean, all these guys love wrestling. You know, you just mentioned Cespedes. I mean, you know, didn't Verlander get a for winning the Cy Young? Didn't he get a, a WWE title? I mean, these guys love wrestling, and Vince has always given himself out. You know, I think it's great, honestly. I love the fact that somebody did that. I love the fact that he was more interested in the belt than the trophy. Yeah. I, agree with you. I totally agree with you on the whole Home Run Derby thing. It's absolutely boring. Now, do you remember the old school days before I almost were born, but I'm sure you've seen them, the old the black and white one-on-one Home Run Derbies? Oh, I love it when there's nobody in the crowd and it's just the umpire and two players, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The Home Run Derby is so boring. I don't think I've been into the home run derby since David Wright was in it, you know, five years ago. But truthfully, I just think it's just like you said, they don't get the stars so, so much anymore. It's not 
interesting at all, and I don't even know why anybody cares about it. Yeah, uh, the only reason why I bring it up, too, and I guess it's uh, to an extent where these athletes do like wrestling, but do you think that potentially maybe some of them don't like wrestling as much, but they just like to have a, a trophy instead of a trophy that will hang you know, in their, their um, collection, their trophy collection, but these guys actually want belts as their championship to show that they can walk around with the showing that they're the champions. Because, like, basically, if you look at the new title, nowhere on it does it say wrestling. So it's a big W with the word champion on it, and you could customize the plates on the side. Who wouldn't want to carry that around? You're not going to want to carry around the Home Run Derby trophy saying I'm the Home Run Derby champion. <laughs> I'm going to want to carry a belt around my waist or around my, you know, my shoulder. No, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree with you. And, it, I mean, I think the belt's sweet. And, you know, it's really grown on me. I think it's an interesting title. Um it's it's the best title they've had since the Undisputed, obviously. Definitely maybe. Um <laughs> you know, I think that I think that it's cool. I would love one of those titles. I really would I mean did you you didn't order one, did you? I I did. I mean you took a picture with it a couple months ago. Did I? With the with the W title? The new one, yeah. Oh jeez, I don't even remember. Um but it's a great belt. I, I really think it's nice. It, it really says says WWE, you know, to me. And I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, who wouldn't want to keep that thing? Who wouldn't want to hold that thing? It's awesome. If Absolutely I, awesome. if I, if I get a promotion, I'll make this right on the air right now. I, I so I, you could hold me to it. If I get a promotion or I find new employment, which I'm actually working on feverishly, and I get this new gig that I'm going for, I will get you, sir, a WWE title. Well, of course we know you're never going to get promoted, and you're probably going to end up getting fired, and uh, you know having a movement with your dad. So uh, yeah, thanks. That's, that's one of those. Meetings. That's like my dad. Yeah, you know, if I hit the lotto, I'll buy you a house. Yeah, great, dad. You haven't hit the lotto in uh, 50 years of playing the the lottery. So thanks for nothing. <laughs> if if and when I do get you this belt, though, this will be your birthday slash Christmas gift because uh, it's uh, a pretty hefty pain. But I will get you one if I do get this promotion. But so. Oh, Thanks, I appreciate it. Since then my wife could beat the crap out of me, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Let me just ask you one last time before we take a break and you start searching for some files for our, our commercial break room. We'll come back and talk some sports. But I'm going to ask you again. They still haven't got rid of, and I know this is being anal because I own the WWE title, the new one. They still haven't gotten rid of the big gold, the the world heavyweight title. It's not technically the the lineage to the WCW NWA days, but they still carry around the, the other belt. Do you think it's ever going away? Because now I'm hearing rumors, and maybe this is me going crazy on the Internet, but I'm hearing rumors that they want to introduce a new title. And I know you've told me many a times they just spent $50,000 on this title. They're not going to create a new one. But is there any reason why he's carrying around two titles still? I, no, it didn't make no sense. Giving the title to Flair, I thought, was their way out. Me too. It makes no sense at all. I just don't see them getting rid of the title simply because, like I said, it does cost a lot of money to make. Plus, you know, you read on the Internet and stuff, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but all these rumors, cost-cutting rumors that they're trying to do this, they're getting rid of catering, they're doing this, they're doing yeah. that, yeah. money. So, and, you know, because WWE Network hasn't made as much money as they thought it would, right. I don't see how they would go and commission another title belt, to be honest with you. It just doesn't make sense. Okay. I'm glad that you put me at ease every time you you justify that, because <laughs> I, I would hate for them to create a new one already. They just created one last year, uh, in 2013. I think The Rock unveiled it uh, February. So, uh, and this is a sweet title. It has grown on me too, because at first, uh, you know, you'll be I'll be the first to admit it. I did not like it, and now that it you know it's here in front of me, I I've grown to like it. So, yeah, you've grown to like it as you sleep with it every night. You know, you have your 
your wife won't even let you in the bed because you're over there laying that thing on top of yourself like some sort of uh, belt perm. Anyway. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so let's I mean, say- like I said, the, the, title, the title does look nice. It, it's got a nice flair to it. Woo! And I think that it's a title, you know, it, it's going to be around for a while. And they just did it last year. They're not going to redo it again. I just, there's no way. I think the best part of the title, like I said a few minutes ago, is the fact that nowhere on the belt does it say wrestling. So you can use it yeah, for any kind of trophy. <laughs> so let's take a quick break, um, find some bites for us. Let's uh, relive some old uh, past guests on our show. When we come back, we'll talk some sports right here on Pure Gold. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappacelli at puregoldpg.com. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. Hi guys, I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up and listen in. I mean, not on the table because that's just gross. Hi, this is Lauren Lester and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey everybody, it's Nikki Boyer from Yahoo's Daytime in No Time and don't forget to check out Pure Gold every single week for amazing guest interviews and pretty entertaining radio, I have to say. You guys are awesome. JB? So let me ask you, as you find these clips, because you are a producer behind the scenes, when you play those clips, do you get nostalgic? Do you get upset that we're not back with like these type of guests, or do you not even care anymore and it's just so numb to you that uh, it's whatever? I say all three. All three? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so let's get to some um, big topics in sports world since we covered wrestling pretty much for the first half of the show. The fact that we haven't been on the air for a while, let's just get our take on it, being you together. Um, you know, the NBA ended uh, back in June, early June, with the San Antonio Spurs as a team winning the trophy, winning the championship, defeating the Miami Heat. And then, you know, the free agency started and people were contemplating LeBron James going here, going there, and then, you know, Carmelo Anthony, where is he going to go and all that. So LeBron James finally does, I don't know if it's the heel thing to do or the face thing to do, but he ends up going back to his home back in Cleveland where they have a really young core, and with LeBron James there, makes them an instantaneous playoff contender, if not an Eastern Conference uh, favorite now. But LeBron James goes back to Cleveland uh, wants to finish his career there, basically, but does take a lot of money. Obviously, it's all about the money when it comes to that. But he does go. He doesn't go sign with, with Miami. People speculate that he might re-sign with Miami. And the the, the big three with uh, Bosch and Wade would try to make another run, but they don't. The team is disassembled. Now, sir, 
Give me your take on LeBron James. Is it the good? Is it a face or is it a heel for going back home? No, I think it's an absolute face move. I think it's an absolute. I think it's a great move by LeBron. I really do. Um, I think that I, I'm, I'm his biggest fan now. I love the guy. He's my favorite uh, basketball player of all time. You know, he's better than Jordan. He's better than Larry Bird. I mean, he's great. No, honestly, I know that I've taken a big old dump on him for the, the longest, but I think it's great. I love the fact that he's going back to Cleveland. I, like I said, I really do think this is a total face move. I think that he, you know, the fans in Cleveland are going to love him again. Um, I think that, you know, again, like you said, that obviously they're a playoff contender. I, I, I would even mind seeing him win a, win a title in Cleveland, to be honest with you. Cleveland hasn't won anything in so long. Um, I think it's a great thing. I think it's great for the NBA. I think it's great for him. I'm just happy, most of all, that it destroys the dynasty that they're trying to build in Miami. I mean, four title, um, you know, basically being in the NBA Finals four years in a row, it's like being at the WrestleMania main event for the title four years in a row. Uh, they won twice, of course, but um, I mean, I think it's great. I really do. I think it's a positive for the NBA, and I think it's 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 a good thing for him. And I really think this is a way for him to kind of redeem himself in the eyes of Cleveland. And people are going to say, you know, well, uh, he's going back home, so you can't knock that, sir. You really can't. You can't. And the team is a young team, so they uh, they might not win the whole thing next year. But you know, with LeBron James, the best player in the league. You figure that they will be in contention, and then maybe in a year or so, if they add a couple of players with experience, they get to play with each other with LeBron. They they learn how to win with LeBron. Um, yeah, I could definitely see Cleveland winning a title or two with LeBron. So I think he makes the face move, like you said, too. Uh, obviously, Miami hates him now. They he gets a lot of heat, quote unquote, pun unintended or intended. But, but he gets a lot. Of, <laughs> he gets a lot of heat from Miami for leaving, and then Chris Bosh ends up staying, which I thought he was actually going to go to the Houston Rockets for a boatload of money. I forget what the thing is. And then Dwayne Wade, you know, his his years are dwindling. I mean, he only has – he was basically on the, the shelf pretty much the whole year this year. So he has, I think, one year left um, in his contract. So you'll see him retire soon. But the landscape of the NBA now becomes focused heavily on the West because you have the San Antonio Spurs that – it's just a, a machine. I mean, you have a team that actually plays like a team. There's no one guy on the team that stands out as being, like, the greatest. Um, you know, you have Tim Duncan, who's, again, he even he's in his twilight years of his career, and, and Tony Parker is up there in age. Um, so this team, the San Antonio Spurs, the champions right now, I mean, I don't see why if they're all healthy next year. And Greg Popovich does a great job with managing their time throughout the year you know, making sure these guys don't get run down by the time it's playoffs. So you have a team like the the Spurs and maybe even the the, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, which not so much anymore because the whole Westbrook and Durant uh, saga keeps going back and forth on if they should disassemble that team. So if you're a Spurs fan, if you're a team, if you're a team player, team oriented fan, sir, the Spurs are the team that are going to you know be the favorite again this year. Um, but, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to have it wide open again where any team could basically win the championship. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> you mentioned, uh, of course, a lot of things in that, that little rant that you went on. Um, <clears throat> but when, <clears throat> when, you look at, <clears throat> when you look at Cleveland, when you look at, uh, like you said, the balance of power shifting, um, did, did Boss officially go to the Rockets yet, or is that still in the work? That I, you know, I haven't been paying attention. No, he re-signed a big contract with Miami. He's back in Miami. Oh, okay. Did you say that? It, like, did I just zone out? I did briefly. Okay. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Um, as, as usual. As usual. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, um, you know, Wade's career is basically over, like you said. I mean, you know, he's got like a year left or whatever in his contract. You know, Bosch going back to Miami, I don't even understand that. He's still got two of the big three, but but it's really one, and he's, he's the least talented of the three of them in Bosch. They're not going anywhere. Um, you know, Carmelo's going to be coming back to the Knicks, allegedly. Um, and I think that when you look at when you look at the NBA, <clears throat> this is the, truly going back to LeBron. This is the best thing that could have happened. I mean, him going back to Cleveland. I mean, you know, again, it puts him as a contender. Any chance they win, sir? Uh, I, uh, with the San Antonio Spurs, the way they play and the way they're coached, I'd say I'd give them I'd give them like a, a thirty or forty percent chance to make it to the finals in the Eastern Conference. Because I again, I don't know what the Bulls are going to be next year. Who knows if Derrick Rose is going to be healthy. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are old, and my my man Paul Pierce left for the Washington Wizards on a two-year contract. Um, so I don't know who in the East is good, actually. You know, you break up the Miami <laughs> Heat, and now the Miami Heat are not that good. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see why Cleveland doesn't get to at least the Eastern Conference Finals. You mentioned Paul Pierce. I mean, don't you hate the fact that he didn't retire as a topic? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I know that this guy needs the, to hang it up, sir. I mean, let's be honest. Well, the fact that the, the the Celtics were able to trade him and he was okay with it going to the Brooklyn, I was okay with that when they got these draft picks back. Um, I just don't like the fact now that like he's like selling out to different teams now. So I, I would have been okay with him retiring after making his little stint as a as a Brooklyn Net with Kevin Garnett. But now the fact that he's a Washington Wizard, I, I don't know anymore. Um, he, he needs to hang it up. I, I agree. He's he's pretty much washed up. He's good for spurts at a time, and if you need a big bucket, I, I think he can still get you that. But he's definitely not the same from four years ago, from five years ago. So, yeah, that one. Hate, I'll tell you this much. I hate when guys turn into what Paul Pierce has turned into, like in the fast and for hire, you know, at the end of their career, washed up, just going from place to place now. I mean, I'm a big fan of, Staying in one place for your entire career, um, and that does not, you know you get Derek Jeter obviously retiring this year, stuff like that just doesn't happen anymore. So I think it sucks that the last you know three four years of Pierce's career, uh, unless he's going to keep playing another ten years, is just going to be randomly showing up like basically like a vagrant going from uh, place to place. Basically, I mean, yeah, Derek Jeter is somebody I know you're not a big fan of because he's not the franchise player that we want to be. Uh, Dave Wright, but even he might finish. He, he most likely will finish his career as a, as a Met. And very rare, like you said, do players actually finish their career with one team. Even t- people like Babe Ruth and um, I don't know Joe Namath. They, these guys are are icons with their own teams, like the Jets and with the um, with the Yankees. But these guys didn't finish their careers um, with the teams that they made themselves famous with. So. Yes, kudos to the people that do stay with the one team for their, their whole career. I do appreciate that as well. So you have the NBA, and let me get to the next big hot topic because um, and we might finish the show this way. We might not even get to anything else. But, sir, last week, the day after the All-Star break, um, the, the, the day after the All-Star game was the ESPY Awards. And, you know, the one thing, I, I'll give you the good about the ESPY Awards. There's a lot of things that they made, like, that were – um, that really touched your heart anyway. Uh, the one that touched my heart a lot was I'm a big fan of Stuart Scott, and I'm not sure if you're aware of him, but he had, he had a seizure or he had, a, um, he had something where his, like, his left eye, just like Jim Ross, uh, was never the same again. He had a stroke, I think it was, right? Yeah, so uh, now he has, uh, yeah now a he couple has, of them, actually. Yeah, and now he has full-blown cancer, and it's so aggressive that 
if you saw him at the ESPYs, you would feel really bad for him. He's he's basically skin and bones now. He accepted an award for something, um, but Stuart Scott, it's it's really shame. And he basically pretty much said that he's not going to make it to the next ESPYs next year. That's how aggressive the cancer has been. And you know, he thanked his family, he thanked his daughters. He he actually called his daughters up to the stage because he said he needed a hug and a kiss. Uh, really sad to see because I love Stuart Scott. I love SportsCenter, and I love watching him. So it was really sad to have him see. And he basically quoted what Jim Valvano and what I'm a huge believer of was, you know, don't give up, don't ever give up. But um, the fact that he mentioned that he won't be around for next year's ESPYs was probably the most heartbreaking part of the whole show. You didn't catch any of the ESPYs, right? Of course not, but that is sad to hear about Stuart. I didn't realize that. Um, the cancer was that aggressive. I know he had cancer, but I didn't realize it was that bad. I've never been a fan of Stuart Scott, I can't lie, but um, okay. that's sad, sir. That's, that's definitely a sad thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he had it. It was in remission, and just like most cancers, unfortunately, even with my mom, I can attest to that when a cancer does come back after being in remission, it comes back more aggressive, and basically after that, there's really not much you could do. So Stuart Scott, unfortunately, um, is sick, but he still does the shows once in a while. He's, he works part-time, I now believe, for ESPN because he goes for so much chemo and so much treatments that um, he just can't do a full-time gig anymore. So that was the heartbreaking uh, part of the ESPYs. The one farce of the ESPYs is, you know, people will, will probably rip me. If, if we actually had legions of fans right now or callers, the phone lines would be lit up after I tell you what happened. We have a, um, an Arthur Ashe Courage Award that gives out is given out to one athlete every year, and is there any guess? And I'm being rhetorical because I want you to say it for me. Do you know who got the Arthur Ashe for courage uh, this year, sir? Uh, you did for finally coming out of the closet and uh, admitting <laughs> that you are uh, never going to get promoted at your current job. That's a that's a good introduction to saying that actually Michael Sam, a seventh round pick in the NFL draft, somebody that you know that NFL teams, you know, don't want to deal with that type of um, attention, for back, better of a lack of a word. Um, you know, even Tim Tebow um, doesn't compare to the, the attention that Michael Sam, again, a seventh-round draft pick gets. And this guy actually gets the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage for coming out of the closet, quote-unquote. Sir, I mean, I know we have religious beliefs on this, but, sir, courageous for coming out of the closet, are you? Uh, is that's a little bit over the top? Well, <laughs> you know how I feel about this topic. Uh, you mentioned seventh round draft pick. I mean, this guy got drafted by the St. Louis Rams. He's not going to make. He's probably not going to make much of an impact. He's everyone is painted into a corner with this Michael Sam thing. You can't say it's a bad thing. Look at the heat. Look at the heat that Tony Dungy is taking. <clears throat> you know, for his comments, uh, which of course you can get to that in a second. But man, when you look at when you look at this this guy, he basically said, "Hey, I like dudes." Okay, you know, he came out in the closet. Uh, why he was in the closet, I have no idea. I don't, I don't even know where that where that comes from. You know, I, I don't. Even, I've never understood where that phrase comes from. But you know, I don't even see how you, we live in a world anymore where that's a courageous thing. Um, you know, maybe at one point, but. People are gay. Everybody knows somebody who's gay or people come out of the closet all the time. The fact that it's courageous to me is ridiculous. It just makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, again, if you disagree with it, guy, seventh-round draft pick, seventh round, hundreds of guys went before him, and he was just kind of picked to be picked. 
you know, and he's like I said, probably going to make no impact on the team, and yet here we are. He was courageous. I just don't get it. And like I guess the flack that people take for not agreeing with it. I mean, you're basically saying that his sexual orientation, his lifestyle, you know, what gets me is people are, are, are going nuts over it, like the hypocrisy in the fact that if you don't support it, you're a piece of garbage, you're scum, you should die. Uh, you know, but if you do support it, you're great. It's basically, if you if you agree with me, you're right, and if not, then you should burn in hell. And it goes back to the whole, uh, the inherent hypocrisy in the liberal media and the liberal culture that we live in today, where if you agree with me, you can say whatever you want. If you don't agree with me, you should die. And, of course, if you don't agree with me, you're a hypocrite and you're a bigot, but it, it's, it's the same old story, sir. This is what this is what really baffles my mind. The fact that the Rams drafted this guy in the seventh round makes me think, and I have a conspiracy theory that the NFL like almost begged somebody to draft this guy before the draft was over because the NFL was going to catch so much slack with not hiring or not drafting a person that comes out and says that they're gay, openly gay. It goes back to my point. Goes back to when you're playing football. The idea is not to care about your sexuality, or your religion, your race, or whatever. The idea of, of football, or any sport, to be honest with you, is to win, is to play as a team, if it's a team-oriented game, and to actually win champions. I mean, your goal is to win and to excel in what you do. The, the idea of making your sexuality a platform in sports, to me, doesn't make sense. So if you wanted it to be a platform where... You, you're coming out and saying you're gay, and you want, and, you know, and you want to be supportive of that, and you want other people to be like, you know, I want you to to not be afraid anymore because I wasn't afraid. Okay, that's well, that's all good and well, but there's no reason to bring it into sports. I never understood that. That's the one that that's the thing that really baffles my mind. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the society we live in now. This is going to continue to happen and continue to happen and continue to happen. You know, again, I'll go back to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow comes, you know, the Christian. He gets vilified for it, but this guy likes men and likes to have sex with men. So he should be praised and we should give him accolades because it's a courageous thing. I just And the whole Jackie Robinson thing, stop it. He's not Jackie Robinson. You know, I know in certain parts of the world this has happened, but overall, you know, in general sense, across the board, gays are not being burned at the stake. They're not being tortured. They're not being lynched. They're not being set on fire. They're not... It's not the same thing, so shut up. It's it's absolutely not the same thing as what happened with slavery in this country. So people need to get over that. But man, I just tell you, pretty soon you're not going to be able to say anything about it, sir. Uh, you know, give me your take on the whole Tony Dungy thing. Well, that's the thing. The guy was asked a question, and he's answering it from from what I gather. He's he's answering it from a, a head coach point of view, just like we knew that when Tim Tebow came to the Jets, we knew that that was going to be a huge distraction. Nobody really, you know, Rex Ryan thought he actually managed that, which was crazy and ludicrous for him to think that, that he could manage that type of circus and media attention every day at, 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 at football. It's hard enough to have your guys be focused on football and just play the game and, and be good at it. And then to have this distraction with, with Tebow just uh, honestly just killed the Jets and, and was all about Tim Tebow, a backup quarterback that will never make it in the NFL. And now you have Tony Dungy that voices his opinion about what he thinks is right and wrong, and then he's vilified because they asked him for his opinion. And the reason why they they don't like it because they don't like the answer he gave. But he's given, I think he's given the answer from a point of view that he doesn't want that type of distraction on his team. And again, if if you're asking Tony Dungy for his take, and we live in a country with quote unquote freedom of speech, 
then what's, what are we supposed to just give political answers from now on so that people aren't vilified? I, I, I'm totally with Tony Dungy on this one. I just don't understand where our society is going anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's not going to get any better, and it's going to continue to get worse. I was listening to, um, I was listening to Mad Dog Radio on the on Sirius last night, and the host was basically talking about Donald Sterling, saying how Sterling, basically saying Sterling shouldn't have a right to say how he feels, that he shouldn't have a right, um, you know, to feel the way he feels. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to say something if it offends people or if it's, you know, negative. Like, seriously, that's the world we live in now? where you don't, you're allowed to be an idiot, you're allowed to say whatever you want. So now you're telling me that all of a sudden, um, let me see, you're telling me that all of a sudden we don't live in a country where you have freedom of speech anymore? We don't live in a country where you can say what you want? No, if you offend people, don't say, you know what, who cares if you offend people? I mean, offense is part of the world. Offense is what we do, you know, you don't have to agree with it. Do you think the comments are disgusting? Absolutely, you get to the comments are disgusting, and you think they're disgusting. But at the end of the day, I mean, come on. I mean, this is the world that we live in, and it's only going to get worse, sir, let's be honest. Yeah, so the St. Louis Rams draft this guy in the seventh round, where, uh, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but the, the they actually have two great linebackers, um, that you know, there's a chance that this guy Michael Sam doesn't make the team. And then what's going to happen? The team that was was praised for drafting this guy Michael Sam might actually release this guy after training camp in a month or so because they don't need him or they don't feel like he can fit the team because they already have two great linebackers. What's going to happen then? Are the are the Rams going to go from from faces to heels just because they don't need him? And then of course people are going to say, you know, the reason why you cut him is because you didn't want the distraction. Well, no, I think that Jeff Fisher. You know, we'll say we'll say to the media, we'll say that this guy is a good football player, but we don't really need him, so we're cutting him. So it's a it's a double edged sword. You draft him, you're praised, and then when you don't need the guy anymore, you're you're vilified because you're you're quote unquote um, you know discriminating against a gay guy because you you cut him. So I don't think there's any there's no it's a no win situation for the NFL. It's a no win situation for the Rams at this point. And I I don't know where it goes from here. I'm I'm, gl- I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to go on the record. I'm glad he's not on the Jets because I, I, it would be another Tim Tebow disaster with the distraction all the time with this guy. Yeah, I mean the Jets have enough problems of their own. To exactly. It'd be kind of cool actually if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I love when the Jets have problems. It just pisses you off and it makes for <coughs> it makes for a more interesting show. All right, so. That's your take on that, and then just uh, two nuggets on on baseball. The fact that you know the Mets, you know their season pretty much ended in April or May when this team just didn't have the offense. But what we're seeing now in baseball and with the Mets and Yankees, and we'll talk about those two to end the show, is the fact that the Mets have a lot of starting pitching. We've talked about this, but the fact that the Mets have um, really good starting pitching next year. And this is, next year will be the year that they actually go for it with Harvey back from the DL, from the Tommy John. Um, I, I just want to get your take on, have you seen some of these young arms pitch nowadays? Like, have you seen, like, uh, Grom pitch and see how good he actually is? You mean DeGrom? DeGrom, sorry. Yeah, uh, no, you know what, I've seen a little bit, but not much. I honestly haven't been watching the Mets. I haven't paid any attention to them um, in months. For the most part, I have. I was watching today with the Bartolo Colon and everybody talking about him throwing a no hitter, which to me is absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's like the third inning, and you're talking about 
this guy throwing a no hitter, like, you know, get a clue, seriously. But at the end of the day, um, I just I just can't find myself to – I can't. I can't pull myself. I can't muster up enough to watch this team. And I just laugh at the people who get upset with them. I laugh at the people um, – I just I think it's hilarious for people get mad at the Mets for not being good. I mean they don't have they just don't have a good team. The the arms are doing good. They have talent there, but they need hitting. And where are they going to get the hitting? How much money are they going to spend on hitting? That's the question. I'm totally with you on this. I I haven't watched that many games either. I'm just telling you that next year, with the amount of pitching they have, they're going to have a, a surplus of starting pitching. So. Uh, a person like even like Dylan G might not even make the rotation next year. That's how good the rotation is going to be next year. They might put him in the pen. They might package him for some player or so. But uh, I just want to let you know that like you know the Mets have sold me on the fact that their arms are going to actually be good next year. They're going to have a great starting five with a great bullpen too. So at that point, at this point, if Sandy Olsen doesn't go out and make some trades in the off season or even before the trade deadline and and get some offensive players like a shortstop and a left fielder. Um, to start, um, I, I think that that you know you'll have a waste of a, another year. So the Mets really have to go for it next year. We thought this was going to be the year with Harvey. Uh, we didn't know that you know he'd go down, but he did. So um, I'm not going to be all like lovey-dovey about the Mets, but just tell you, sir, this year is definitely shot. But I, I'm telling you, next year I think you're going to be back on board, and I think we're going to be talking about Mets baseball the whole year, not just about ripping them how the season's over after like you know April third. Yeah, it goes back to the same thing with this team. I don't get excited about them. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think <coughs> I don't think that, you know, I just can't. I can't think that they're going to be any good one. They're making signings like Chris Young, who is batting under 200. Sir, this guy who they signed for $7.5 million batting under 200. When these are the signings and these are the guys they're bringing in, I just, you know, I can't worry. They're gonna, are, are they going to be one of those teams? Are they going to be one of those teams who, you know, the, the – Giants who won without any hitting. I just, it's just a mess. So no, I mean they need a lot of hitting. They need a lot of help. They need, they need help, man. They they need to overhaul their whole offense. David Wright is doing absolutely nothing. Daniel Murphy is a decent player who's, you know, oh I got I got to rant about this. I'll get back yeah, to Daniel ahead. Murphy in a second. But you know, I mean Lucas Dude is not that good. They just don't have talent, sir. Honestly. Is it Daniel Murphy about the All Star game or what's your rant? No, no. Uh, uh, the, Mets, the, the Mets fans, Mets scum, let's put it that way, voted for the all-time great Mets team. Can you believe that Daniel Murphy won the greatest Mets second baseman of all time over Edgar Alfonso? Do you think, I mean, I know that you want to rant on this, but do you think that people, Mets fans, recognize Edgardo as a third baseman more than a second baseman? What do you think? No, absolutely no? not. Okay. Because at, at the height of his you know, career, Robin Ventura was a third baseman, so no, he's a second baseman. Yeah, uh, tell me, tell me your, th- give me your rant. I mean, I, I'm just going to chalk it up to technology, and it's so easy to keep voting, voting, voting. So that's why Daniel Murphy beat Edgardo because there's no way that if there was the same time frame, Edgardo wouldn't beat uh, Murphy in a voting. It just doesn't make any sense. How could, how could anybody? Oh my god, I just get <laughs> so mad. I get, I guess I literally was foaming at the mouth, thinking to myself that people are actually think that. How do you? How does? I gotta go back. How do think that Daniel Murphy is? Daniel Murphy is inferior to Edgar Alfonso in every single way. And I'm not even saying it. I'm not even saying it because 
I like Edgar Alfonso, and Edgar Alfonso is one of my favorite players, one of my all-time favorite Mets, probably my all-time favorite Mets. If you really sit down and think about it, this guy could hit. He was a clutch hitter. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He could hit, you know, bring guys in. He did everything. He was a great defensive player. I mean, he was basically a five-star player. And you're telling me that Daniel Murphy was a one-trick pony who was a decent hitter, and that's basically it. How is he? In what world is he better than Edgar Alfonso? Please, somebody tell me. Somebody explain this to me because I have to know. But like I said, if if people are voting with, um, you know, back way back when with Algardo, I would think that voting was done with paper ballots and and not through the internet and stuff like that as much as it is now. You don't think that people are easily able to vote for somebody over and over again if they really want to? Yeah, but who? Why? How could anybody <laughs> think? Who in the world thinks this guy's a better ball player? He he couldn't sniff. Alfonso's jock, let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, Alfonso was a great, great Met. And Murphy, just he, he can hit. That's it. If he yeah. doesn't really hit for power. You know, he's a decent he's a decent player. That's it. He's decent. He can't field. I just don't get it. It, it, it just it, it literally enrages me that this type of stuff happens there. Well, let's not enrage you as we wind the show down. Let's just finish off with the, the fact that the uh, Yankees are just not the same anymore and the fact that Derek Jeter is retiring uh, at the end of this year, September 7th, I think it's Derek Jeter Day. But, like, how sweet, um, let's end on a nice sweet note, hey, in the Yankees, but how sweet is it that, you know, CC Sabathia is pretty much done. I think his career is actually done. But the fact that their pitcher, Tanaka, the one that they spent, like, $27 million a year on, actually might have oh, might need Tommy John surgery as well. <laughs> Isn't that his name, Tanaka? Yeah, it's Masato Tanaka. How great is that, though? They have the two stud pitchers go down, and Tanaka might need Tommy John surgery, too. They might reevaluate in a couple of weeks and find out that he needs uh, Tommy John surgery. I-, I love how you say it's great. You- you're a sick person. I was talking to, to my wife about this the other day. Um, I was talking to my wife about it the other day, and we were discussing the fact that uh, some people hate on – the Yankees, and I use you as an example of somebody who is always just, you would prefer the Yankees winning, the losing to the Mets winning, and that has always baffled me. Well, I, I think I would, I, I'm still bitter from the fact that the Mets didn't win the Subway Series. I thought that was the best way for the Mets to get back at the Yankees winning all those championships in the late 90s. Yeah, of course. Um <laughs> I definitely don't think it's a great thing. It just amazes me that the Yankees have have had all these injuries, so it really does. It really, yeah. And then the fact that the the American League East is so weak, they're still in it in theory because you know the the, the Orioles are not that great, the the Blue Jays aren't, the Red Sox are in I guess honeymoon phase from winning that all last year. So the Yankees are right in it, you know, being three or four games over five hundred, which is sad to think. But you know they're not going anywhere, obviously, with the teams that are out there. I mean, the Oakland A's are just uh, so much superior. The the Angels are good. The Tigers are good. So uh, the only thing that saves the Yankees is the fact that they're in a weak division and there's a, that second wild card that might sneak them in at the very least. So, um, it's. Uh, I mean, I was I was kind of happy, and my dad was too, to be honest with you, to see Tanaka go down with uh, the same type of uh, injury that maybe uh, Harvey had for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, is it official? Is he definitely done, or is it just uh, they're, they're no, they're evaluating him, right? They're going to give him like five yeah. weeks, whatever the case is. 
Yeah, another week or so to evaluate. I'm guessing Tommy John, but you know maybe it's just rest. But the guy, he partially teared the labrum, so we'll see if they want him to just rest and it'll repair itself or whatever. But um, yeah, that's it about the Yankees. I, I don't really have anything else on the rundown unless you want to discuss anything, sir. Uh, let me see here. Um... <laughs> No, uh, you know, nothing really. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I do have a couple of things I'd like to discuss with some of them. Go ahead. You know, do a show on my own. Uh, Thor, this is Marvel Comics. Thor, who's a famous character, one of the most famous, probably the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe, or one of they're turning him into a woman, and not in the typical, like, they're making, you know, the male a, a female, but he's he's being replaced as Thor by a woman. Apparently he's not going to be worthy enough to hold the hammer, which is you know what he holds, and you know the with sorcerer's power, and then he's going to do something else. And I just, you know, they're 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 making Captain America, they're changing him. Uh, what they did with him was uh, they took away his the super soldier serum, which makes him you know gives him all his power. Yeah. He basically aged into a ninety year old man, which is about how old he would be. And um, now they're going to make him a, a black guy. They're having okay. Sam Wilson, who's his, who's his partner for years, as you know, um, you know his associate, his friend. He's yeah. going to be taking over. I have no problem with that. Although I don't understand, they killed Captain America a couple of years ago, brought him back, replaced him again. Like I don't know why they keep doing this to him. He's an icon. I think they should just leave well enough alone. But I don't have a problem with the Sam Wilson thing, and you know, making him a black Captain America because I know it's not going to last very long. But the Thor thing doesn't make any sense to me. Why take one of your best male superheroes and then, well, we need a woman, so and they're going to. She's going to keep the name Thor, even though he's still in the Marvel Universe, and his name is Thor. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand the whole thing. Yeah, what genius thought of this? Say that again? What genius thought of this? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I guess the, the, one of the Marvel editors-in-chief. But it wow. just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, is, is this where we're going? Is this feminism? How do you keep the same... It's like having... That's like having a woman take over for Superman right. and calling her Superman, but he's still <laughs> Superman. Yep. And I understand that it's kind of different, but Thor, Thor is his name. It's not his title. It's his name. So it, just, <laughs> right. it truly doesn't make any sense to me. And I just, Again, I don't understand why in the world that we live in, everything has to be PC. Everybody has to, well, we need a female Thor. We need this. We need that. We need to change this. Like, why can't they just leave one off alone? I just hate these, these marketing gimmicks by comic book companies and it, Honestly, it drives me insane. Um, so I, I just had to rant in there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I agree with you. Everything has become PC. We in a world that we want everything to become PG, like our show is. Um, you know, everything's PC. Which there's a difference between PG and PC. So, um, oh, while you're on the entertainment rant, uh, did you see the new Transformers movie? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Did you watch it? No. Why not? Why why? I love how I love how you. I love how you, <laughs> <laughs> love how you over you sit over here and you tell me you know hey did you watch this? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. That's great. That's typical JB. Um, well, I, I thought it was good. I really did. I enjoyed it. I mean, is there gonna be another one after this? Yeah, th- this is pretty much the beginning of. Um, of a new trilogy type of thing. What I thought was great, one of my favorite things about the film, is that in the actual movie, you know, Optimus Prime, if you look at the cartoon, if you look at the comics, he looks different in those, you know, source material than he does in the movie. And, you know, 
which it kind of makes sense that Michael Bay changed it because the way that he transforms to turn into the, the it, I forget what it's called, but the type of truck that he was in the 80s, it just wouldn't work. It's way too small, the front's too small, and he, he tries to make it realistic where there's no way that guy could fit in that body. It's the same thing with, like, Megatron. Megatron was this huge robot that turned into a gun. But yeah. it was cool because they did a little shout-out where he, he took the form, he took the actual original form for, in a movie for a few minutes, and then, of course, he goes back to his more familiar, as far as the movie goes, the look with the longer uh, cab and everything. But I thought that was great because it took it like a nod to the old uh, Transformer stuff, you know, which is awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Good. How's your uh, how's your entertainment buddy doing, the one that we fired like eight times over? Oh, how's he doing good? He's going to be getting married uh, next year, so he's excited. Uh, he, he and I are going to the same church now, so I pretty much see him every week. When's he getting married? This year or next year? Uh, next year, next April. Oh, next April, okay. Be sure to crash that wedding. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that's all. That's all I have. Um, you think we'll ever get another guest on our show? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Um, I'm definitely sure, sir. All right. I mean, just wondering. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've tried. I tell you, I, I'm working on something here, and I'm trying to, you know, trying to see if I can have like a kind of like a political correspondent on our show because, okay. you know, there's something different. Somebody who's, you know, she has a lot of followers and stuff we talk and stuff. And, you know, she's definitely anti-Obama, which, of course, we oh, are. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, you know, so it would fit in perfectly. But the only thing is, like, we probably have to do some actual research because <laughs> she uh, actually knows her stuff, whereas we just kind of, you know, spit it off the top. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> we just kind of make everything up. But, you know me, I'm always trying to improve the program. I'm always trying to get... Um, I'm always trying to get people to come on the show, so hopefully that will happen soon, sir, and hopefully we'll be able to work on some other guests and, and everything. Good, and I'll work on getting you that title that I was promising you earlier on the show, so. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, sir. So take us home. We'll see you next week. Yeah, folks, listen, uh, you know, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I mean, I'm sure there's nobody actually listening right now. Yeah. So, you know, thanks so much for nothing. <laughs> thanks so much for absolutely nothing. You know, I really appreciate that, so, folks. Uh, check us out next week. I don't even know if we're going to do this. Boom. Wait, hold on a second. And we Out of your home. Sure. <laughs> uh, playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Oh, baby! <laughs> Listen, that's all you had to do for last week. You, all you had to do was play one of those clips where I talk, and that's it. I would have been happy. But instead, Joe you in crazy. Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so, again, our friendship is pretty much over, sir. But, um, again, folks, those of you still tuning in and those of you who are going to hear this on archive, the, the tens of you will be listening. Um, again, always appreciate you guys. Uh, give us a call when you can. Chime in, 714-364-4721. And, of course, check out our website puregoldpg.com check out all our great guests and of course for JP this is DG reminding you to always keep it PG and uh, let's see if I can find this bad boy I got two words for you what's the name of your show Uh, pure gold pure gold yes sir I got two words for you pure (laughs) gold you guys are awesome good night everyone
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.